Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and the mailbag is MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. <laughs> and on this week's show, I am so excited to share with you my conversation with Ron Reinhardt, the lead singer of Dark Angel. And before we get to it, though, um, I want to give a huge shout out to great friend of the show, Mike Burt from Limberlost, who actually, you know what? Wait a second. Wait a second. I have I have a segment for this. Hold, please. Shout it, shout it. Uh, Mike has been playing matchmaker for uh, for this podcast recently, uh, and it's great. Um, he set me up with Ron here, and in the next few weeks, I'm going to sit down with legendary producer David Mark of Crash Bang Boom Productions uh, in his studio. And uh, you know, Mike's just an all around uh, great guy. And um, and speaking of Limberlost, quick plug here, uh, but don't miss Limberlost along with Late September Dogs and What Thou Wilt for a night of original female-fronted rock. That's going to be Friday, April 6th at Luigi's in Fife, hosted by my good buddies T2 and Stardog the Red from the Puget Rock Show on KGRG 89.9 FM. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, so, uh, so a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to interview Ron Reinhardt, like, uh, like I mentioned. Now, he, um, he doesn't necessarily do a lot of interviews, but he invited me out to his home and we sat down and had a really great conversation and he uh he told me some pretty cool stories um but i uh, i felt immediately welcomed i uh i got to meet his amazing wife judy and their adorable dogs trinity and ruger who uh who they just rescued not too long ago uh majestic animals by the way uh both of them and in fact uh you, you'll hear a uh cameo appearance from them uh um Thirsty dogs be thirsty. <laughs> so you'll hear a little bit of that in the background later on. Um, but uh, but in person, uh, Ron Reinhardt is uh, he, he's a larger than life figure. He's a big dude um, imposing in the way that you would expect an international rock star and the lead singer of a legendary thrash metal band to be. Uh, but he's also incredibly genuine humble and more than anything honest uh really cool dude it was uh it was a blast getting to know him um so here's our conversation on mike cybert radio um so actually so why don't we just get started with um why don't you introduce yourself and let um let the listeners know um uh, where they might know you from 
My name is Ron Reinhardt. I am the lead singer of the L.A. Caffeine Machine, Dark Angel. <laughs> uh, we've been around since the early 80s. Uh, we are known as the pioneers of thrash, speed. Um, we love, you know, the L.A. Caffeine Machine was a nickname bestowed upon us because we ingested uh, copious amounts of caffeine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got out there and we just played super fast. Um, we play not only fast, we play, my my band's really tight. That's mm -hmm. what really drew me to that band when I joined is, uh, you know, I heard uh, their second album, which was Darkness Descends. Mm -hmm. And it, I was like, damn, these guys are super just tight. And then I met all the guys and mm -hmm. we clicked right away. And I was just like, yeah, if these guys want me to be in the band, then I'm definitely in. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, you know, back in, I think it was 87, late 87, early 88, mm -hmm. we just, uh, we all clicked and we just formed a bond and we just, you know, people always like, man, when you guys are out there, you look like all you're doing is having fun. And that's pretty much all we do. Yeah. When we get together, it's not work at all. It's just, you know, I, to quote Gene Hoagland, my drummer, uh, when the fun, when the fun is done, we're all out. You know. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, you're not the original lead singer of the no, band, not right? At all. Okay, gotcha. So you kind of came into it as a fan. Um, I, you know, when I first heard of Dark Angel, mm -hmm. I didn't even know who they were. I knew they were. Oh, I knew of the okay. name of the band. Yeah, but I only heard a couple of songs. And the first album I actually heard of was We Have Arrived, and I thought, oh, it's got a couple of good songs on mm -hmm. it. But I wasn't really. You know, that wasn't like my favorite. And then I heard a friend of mine, Sean Mulvey, said, check out Darkness. And I was like, Darkness? He's like, yeah, Darkness Descends. Mm -hmm. And I heard that, and I was like, dang, this this is uh, brutal. I'll have to um, do a whole different style of vocals. I was in just a straightforward uh, heavy metal band at the time. Mm -hmm. And I heard that, and I was like, this is uh, very cool. And the first two members I spoke with was uh, Jim Durkin and Gene Hoagland. And they were both like, yeah, we pretty much um, seen you around. Come meet the guys. So I didn't audition for the band at all. I kind of had an interview. Okay. They were like, hey, we're looking, we're we're looking for a. We know you can sing. We're looking for a brother. We're looking for somebody yeah. that we all get along with. We all vibe with. So I came down and hung out with the band for about three or four hours, and we just mm -hmm. hung out and we rapped. We talked about music, what we liked, what we didn't like. And they said, awesome, be here tomorrow, same time, um, no, learn a couple of songs. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know any of the songs the first time I met these guys. And I uh, came down, and uh, we had a blast. We <laughs> just were like giddy little kids. Mm -hmm. and we're all kind of young at the time anyways. Yeah. But we were just, uh, you had that that chemistry, that vibe. And we and that we kind of, the cool thing about it is I'm 53 now, mm -hmm. and when we all get together, we still have that. We still have that fun um, goof off, you know, when it's time to play and be serious, we can do that. Yeah. But we still, at the core of it, we just are a bunch of five guys just mm -hmm. goofing off, having fun, playing extremely aggressive music that's fun to us. And we've never lost sight of that. You know, it's like to us, this is all just vacation. This is all just something fun to do, mm -hmm. you know, and we've never lost that that bond, that camaraderie. Mm -hmm. So when we all get together, it's just a super good time. <laughs> and I think a lot of bands, you know, you're, you're, if you're, you're a fan of music, you know, yeah. you can go, you can, I don't want to 
throw bands out there on blast, but right. everybody's seen a band to where you watch them and they're on stage and everybody's got a pose. Yeah. The guitar player does this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bass player does <laughs> this. And yeah. they're all doing a job. They're not into it. Yeah. And I'll, I will put this, this band out there. Okay. I've seen Rob Zombie uh, more than once. Mm -hmm. And the first time I seen him, it was, it was, I didn't even go to see his band. I went okay. to see somebody else. Oh. And I watched Rob Zombie meticulously and I was going to just, I watched him intently mm -hmm. and I was just like, no way. Look at Rob Zombie tearing it up mm -hmm. from left to right, front to back. That was like an amazing show. I was like, yeah, damn, that's what a performance is. Mm -hmm. They were just having a great time. They were busy the whole time. They were just. Yeah. Just doing something. You could tell everybody up there was doing something they loved. Mm -hmm. And it came across so strongly that that was the band I remembered. And I didn't even sure. go to see Rob Zombie. I won't mention <laughs> the band I went to see. Okay. Right. But I went to see somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I left. And all I could think about was, damn, Rob Zombie was amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like, geez. And I told my wife, next time Rob Zombie's in town, we're going to go see Rob Zombie because sure. that's a show. Mm -hmm. That and he and the next time he came to town, we went. He's like, man, I was and there was the every radio station is like Rob Zombie mm -hmm. might cancel. He's sick. He's got the flu. He's in the hospital. I was like, oh bummer. And then Rob Zombie, I'm listening to the radio, and he's like, oh no, that's those are rumors. I will be here. <laughs> this is Seattle. I am playing. Yeah. And we got there, and he is stage diving. He's really? out in the crowd. They're doing more human than human, and mm -hmm. Rob Zombie just does like a backwards crucifix fall into the crowd and the crowd's wow. going nuts and i was just like this is why i pay good money mm -hmm. to see only a handful of bands and everybody else yeah. i just refuse to go see because if mm -hmm. i want to see somebody stand there and pose i will watch videos on youtube sure you know it's like my guitar player eric one time mm -hmm. said because somebody was picking us apart on a review saying Dark Angel Live gets so crazy that sometimes mm -hmm. they'll, you know, they will cut a part out or miss okay. a riff. And it's like, yeah, if you're a guy who's going to come to a live show and cross your hands and stand in the back. Yeah. And, and look all angry. Don't come see us. Yeah. We are a kind of band that feeds on crowd participation and, and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And that's what the shows I go to see. Right. I don't care. If the if the band throws in something different, mm -hmm. or if they're going so crazy that, hey man, he missed a, a lyric here, yeah, because the band's just on fire mm -hmm. and they are going psycho. That's what I, the whole crowd is, right. you know, when the whole crowd's a sea of bouncing heads and everybody's pitting and it's just insane. It's like, that's when you're just like, everybody's got the chills jumping up and yeah. down and it's freezing outside, but you don't notice because <laughs> you're so full of adrenaline, mm -hmm. you know, and you walk away and you can't sleep because you're playing that whole show back in yeah. your head. So amped. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what you pay for. Mm -hmm. That's what you go to shows for. I think so many bands got away from that. Yeah. That it's like, it became something that they just do for a living. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, you know. You're you're an accountant. You're mm -hmm. a nurse. I play in a band. So, oh yeah, like, yeah. Really? Just punching a clock at that yeah, point. It's like, no moron. You play in a freaking band. <laughs> it's like greatest job on planet Earth, dude. What are you talking about? You yeah. play in a band. Yeah, you know, if you're not having fun doing it, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you know, because I the energy that 
you guys put out. I mean, I mean, it, at at a show, it's it's a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. You as the performers put out the energy. We as the crowd get it and then give it back tenfold. And it's you know everybody's there to have fun. But but yeah, we all know that that arm folding guy in the back. I've seen that guy. <laughs> um, and you know, it, and and you talk about you know the the live performing experience. There's those folks that you know they they expect the album version of a song. And it's like, if I want that as a fan, I'll just throw in my CD or dial up my MP3 or whatever. But I mean, yeah, do something different with it. You know, like try a different chord progression or, you know, try a a key change or, you know, do like medleys or something, you know, you know, kind of, you know, kind of twist my expectations a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that stuff or, or just out of nowhere covers or, you know, just exactly anything where the 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 band that i love that i have thrown down my money to see has given me some kind of entertainment aside from just the music i mean because i'm already there for the music i love the music but yeah give me a show entertain me exactly you know that's why uh you know i i've seen iron maiden so many times Mm -hmm. i can't even count you know, I've seen them with Clive Burr. I've seen them, you know, so many very, so many times I've seen Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've seen them this last time on the, the Souls Tour. And I was just like, I was telling my wife, it's like, damn, this band still just, they never disappoint. Right. You know, it's like they just never do. It's like I've never threw away money on Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just I've never went to a bad show. It's like, and, and you know, it's like you said, it's like every song is not the album version, yeah. but when you're seeing just that amazing performance and I'm a guy, you know, it's like, I expect everything to be in time. You know, I expect everything. Oh, but sure. They, they yeah. got Nico McBrain. That guy's freaking automatic. <laughs> you know, they right? got Bruce Dickinson. That guy's Superman. They got, you know, a freaking just a wall of sound. It just is always amazing. Mm-hmm. And you stand there. It's like, it's just watching greatness. You know, and it's like you just expect that. You know, it's like I, it's like uh, I used to go see suicide. I haven't seen Suicidal in a while because I live in Washington now. But when mm-hmm. I lived in LA, Suicidal used to play California a lot. Yeah. And so we used to go see Suicidal all the time, and mm-hmm. it's like one time it was like the whole DA on tr- the whole crew, every member of the band was at Suicidal, mm-hmm. and it's like we've seen them so many times together, and they just. <laughs> are such a you know you talk about that energy mm-hmm. you know the minute you can feel the energy just when their intro is going you can just yeah. feel that energy just come across and you're just like okay man it's like my heart's starting to beat already and they haven't even walked out yet yeah and you just feel that roar mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's the only reason i do this it's like the minute i don't get that anymore the minute i walk out and i just feel like I have to be here. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I'm, I'm just done. Because right now, it's like every time a, a good a wrestler, Eddie Guerrero, said, I can be in the mm. most pain ever. Yeah. And I walk through the magic curtain, and I step across there, and I don't feel nothing but but just thrill and, and you know, that anxiety of just, I got to get out there as fast as I can because I'm so charged up. Yeah. That's what stage is to me. I can have, you know, mm-hmm. the most injuries to date and you know, heal from broken bones. Mm-hmm. And the minute I step on that stage and I feel all that just energy and my uh, adrenal gland is just flooded. 
it's like I don't feel nothing but anticipation of just mm-hmm. like it's my turn. I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. And it's like the minute that is gone, it's like I'll just tell the guys, man, sorry, it's like mm-hmm. I'm just done. But I don't ever, ever feel that that moment's gonna happen because to me, it's yeah. just like I just love that just raw emotion that music mm-hmm. is. It's one of to me, it's one of the only purest um, art forms left to where you can just go express yourself. And for everybody, you can ask a thousand people what it's like and you'll get a thousand different answers. Definitely. So, um, so you've mentioned your passion for continue to play and your camaraderie with, uh, with your guys in dark angel are, um, are you guys currently doing anything? Like, are you touring, making music? What's uh, what's kind of the, the state of the dark angel union? <laughs> well, right now, um, in April, we're going to Scotland. We're headlining Lords of the land festival. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, further on down the road, we're going to headline the California death fest. We have some other festivals in the works that we haven't uh, inked, you know, until um, my motto is until the our name's on the contract and it doesn't exist for me. Yeah. And and it's like I never get excited until I hear, hey, we got our names. Uh, we signed the dotted line. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. And, uh, you know, our drummer, Gene, is probably, to me, he's always been the greatest drummer on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. But I think over the last 10 years, he's probably gotten the recognition he deserves. So mm-hmm. he's in. He plays in Testament. He plays plays in a ton of bands. Yeah. But uh, he's. Uh, if you look at his resume, it's pretty phenomenal. He's uh, probably one of the highest rated drummers on planet Earth, which is more than. It's to me. It's been about twenty years late for people to start to get on board because he's phenomenal. He's been in like Death, Strapping Young Lad. Mm-hmm. He's been. Um, Death Clock, Galacticon, he does a little bit of everything. Um, But uh, so right now we want to get some recording done, but we're all scattered all over the U.S. So getting us all in one place, and even though we have tons of ideas and stuff, it's just getting us us all together is the hurdle. But until then, we just... When anytime we can get on stage together and just tear it up is yeah. is always our goal. That's that's something special. When especially uh, like you said, you guys are you know living distances apart now. It's hard to get that uh, that studio time and togetherness. But yeah, it's got it's got to be something special when you guys uh, reunite and get on stage uh-huh. together. Um, so from there, let's uh, let's kind of take a step back a little bit, and I, I kind of. Um, would like to hear maybe some of uh, the history of some of the stuff you guys have been through, you know, uh, um, because I, I know from like, uh, you know, some of the other artists I've talked to, it's, uh, you know, what what I found is basically I'll just throw in an open-ended thing, you know, tell me a great story from the road, and then I'll just end up talking to somebody for an hour. Oh, but, my uh, word. Dark Angel has a ton of them because we, mm-hmm. we've done a ton of crazy things. Our, my first tour ever was the Leaf Scars tour. Okay. That was the first album I ever done in my life. Mm. So I got in the band and they said, okay, we have Leaf Scars pretty much done. We need one song. So me and Jimmy got together and we did Never to Rise Again. And then we had to go in the studio. So I got in the band and they said, hey, by the way, 
we have to go to Philadelphia and record Ultimate Revenge 2. And okay. I'm like, cool, sounds cool. And so um, there's no Google, there's no Yahoo. This is like in the in the mid-80s, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I get a VHS of it, and it's got Exodus with uh, Bailoff, and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's pretty brutal. And I'm like, oh, man, holy crap. Um, yeah, this is big time. We're going to go actually record of you know live concert video i'm in the band for like not even a week at this time oh wow and they're like oh yeah in in two weeks from now you have to know um like 13 14 songs because we're headlining the stone in san francisco and then we're coming back to long long beach california to headline um the fender um fender's ballroom okay oh nice okay yeah so i'm like in the band for like not even not even a week and I have to learn all this stuff. We got three major gigs, mm-hmm. so we do those two shows, and we're flying to Philadelphia. And so, it's our first time unsupervised <laughs> in another state, all of us. And to say that we had been drinking is an understatement. Yeah. So our road crew has maquitas. That's the drill of choice at this time. Mm-hmm. It's not Devault or anything else. It's maquitas. Mm-hmm. And Steve Good. Um, yeah, instigator. He's like, <laughs> I can take the window out of our 30 story hotel room. And so he's got the window out and the screen out. Yeah. And we're like looking down and we're like, man, there's a lot. Of, we're between these big old high rises. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wind through here. He goes, I bet you would take forever for a sheet to hit the ground. So we throw our sheet out and it's like flying around like yeah. a ghost or something. So we're throwing full beers at our sheet. Oh my God. And we're trying to hit it. We're missing because we have been drinking. Sure. So now it's like, let's throw the lamp at it. <laughs> let's, let's throw this at it. Let's throw the, so a couple hours go by and the only thing left in our room is anything that's bolted down. Everything else is out that window. Wow. So we have <laughs> like our bathtub. The big dresser, yeah. the TV that's actually affixed, uh-huh. and our box spring, and everything else is out. That's it. Wow. And so our manager pounds on the door, and he's like, do you geniuses know where all of that crap's lying? And we're like, yeah, right up there. We see it. And he's like, do you know what that what that is? And we're like, no. And he goes, that's the lobby, the main entrance of the hotel. You know, so when you go down there, everything is raining down. And we're like, mm-hmm. the sheet still hasn't hit the ground yet. So, <laughs> so it's still floating in the, the elevator down. And we run to the front and we see all of our handiwork, car stop, taxis, oh, all this stuff. Because I had to offer them money to not call the police. And we're all cheering. Yeah. We're like young, like 20... 22, 23 year old kids. Sure. So we're cheering. <laughs> we get up the next day because we had to get up at like six or something uh-huh. for the taping of this to go sound check. And it's like Raven and Death and uh, Forbidden and Faith or Fear. And we are just hung over. Mm-hmm. And it's just like 6 a.m. is like, it might we might as well have stayed up all night. And I'm just like white as a ghost. Sure. And our manager is talking overly loud because he's getting a little payback. In. He knows what's up. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, no, no, no. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> dude. He's like, and you got a headbang and you got a scream. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, where's my wireless? I feel like throwing up. I don't need food. I just need 
caffeine or something. Yeah. And we're just like hung <laughs> over. Oh. And that's like probably a mellow story. Mm-hmm. That's that's like my first travel time with the band. Oh my gosh. And then he's like, I'm really worried about you guys going on tour. And I'm just like, look up. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, going on tour. He goes, yeah, you guys, your tour is going to be like 76 days and 70, 76 shows in 79 days. Wow. And I'm just like, yeah. And and by the time that tour was over, we had broke so many laws and yeah. done so many things. We broke into Disney World. We we <laughs> we did everything you could possibly imagine. And yeah. the fact that we lived, I tell people because now I'm a Christ follower and I mm-hmm. tell people, yeah, other people think there's God. Oh, I know there is cuz right. we've done you know, it's like Rick Ross from Death. The guy, you know, is like mm-hmm. walking through a parking lot. I'm passed out in the middle of a parking lot, like three in the morning in Philadelphia. And he's like, dude, you can get hit by a car. Come on. And it's like just the things we did. We, mm-hmm. we went to Disney World because we we're supposed to pick up Gene and our guitar player. It was closed. So mm-hmm. anybody who's ever went into the drive-in, the wrong, you know, and broke into a drive-in, right. you just put boards over the spikes and drive in that there way. That's what we did for Disney World. <laughs> and here it is, 2 in the morning, and I'm riding my skateboard through Disney World, and Uncle Danny and Eric and Gons and Sean are mm-hmm. running through Disney World taking pictures at, like, 2 in the morning. And next thing you know, the Disney police is chasing us. And they're like, we had expedited the perpetrators to the main gate. We're all in handcuffs. Oh, my gosh. There's Disney police cars, and we're cracking up, <laughs> making jokes, and we're wasted. And they're like, yeah, you guys drove your bus through the exit. We're like, it's good. Yeah, woo. And they're like, they're like taking our picture, and we're yeah. like laughing. And we're like, are we on the Wall of Fame? And they're like, oh, my oh. God. God, man. like do us a favor, never come back here. Right? <laughs> They're like, just never come back. Yeah. We're like, deal. It's like we've seen everything we need to see. Yeah. I'm like, can I have my skateboard back? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> have I? Have you been back since as an uh, as an older adult? <laughs> you still still I, banned I would, for life, probably on like the. To, I would like to go, <laughs> but uh, we. It's just it's just a coincidence that I've never been back. Sure, sure. You know, I've, I've never not been back because of that. Right. I've just never been back because I've just never been to Florida at Disney World. But I, it's not because they told us never to come back. We actually think they were joking because they didn't, yeah. they could have been, they could have been jerks. They could have called the police. Yeah. Could have had us arrested. We we're all intoxicated. Mm-hmm. But they were, they were kind of giggling and laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, they seen, uh, um, one of the members of our band, not mentioning names, sitting on the couch right across from you, mm-hmm. jumped a wheelchair off of a picnic table right in front of them, and they were just they were just howling. I ate it; it was horrible. Yeah, my uh, my uh, tech Sean was taking photos, taking pictures of it, and they're like, "Yeah, that's the idiot from the, with the skateboard." And then they, <laughs> I thought they were going to take my skateboard. I had a Bones Peralta mm-hmm. skateboard my friend Walt Drews gave me, and they're like, "They gave us back all of our stuff," you know. And we had all kinds of alcohol and stuff on us. They were yeah. they were being cool, so you know, very cool. So um, I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your faith. You had you had mentioned that earlier. Um, is that something that you came to later on or was that something that you had when you were younger? Um, because like uh, coming in just, uh, um, 
just meeting you and learning more about you. I've actually, I kind of made it a point to kind of uh, not do a whole lot of research so that I, what I was learning was kind of more raw and fresh and genuine. Oh, cool. um, but I, I know you're a man of faith and what I'm, I'm wondering is if that's a process or just uh, based upon the stories you've already told of, you know, the debauchery and all of the um, all, all of the excitement that comes with being in a, in a metal band in, in the 80s. Um, how does that reconcile with, uh, uh, with your faith? I was never um, a person. I've always believed in God my whole life, but mm -hmm. I was never a Christ follower. Ever. Okay. Not at all. I mean, there was actually a time in Cleveland, Ohio. I remember it was like yesterday. We had our tour bus out on the sidewalk. It had, you know, you have the front where it says, you know, you mm -hmm. could say like going to Vegas or going to Ohio. It said Dark Angel. Then on our door, we had a big, a bunch of the album um, things for promos that said Leaf, Dark Angel Leaf Scars. And I was getting out of the bus, and a lady walked by, and she goes, he does, you know? And I'm like, he does what? And she goes, he leaves scars. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, Dark Angel, the devil. I go, no, lady, that's my band. It's like, leave scars, awesome album. You should pick it up. You know, I start laughing. She's yeah, like yeah. 75, you know? Okay. And uh, she starts trying to tell me the story about why I'm going to hell, my band's devil worshipers. And I'm like, you know, lady, you best get stepping before I stick my foot in your butt. But mm -hmm. it was a lot more colorful and a lot more bad language. Because <laughs> back then, I used to cuss so bad. Our label and our management would be like, man, you, like 35 F words a show is just bad, you know? Because I'd rifle them out. Like, yeah. the F word to me was like how people say dude or bro. It's like, yeah. it was every other word. Mm -hmm. F word me meant everything to me. It's like mm -hmm. it was my number one descriptive word. Sure. It's like if I was going to say what, I would say the F word. Mm -hmm. It's like it was just my most popular word in my vocabulary. When I stopped mm -hmm. saying it, I actually had to learn words. I was like, whoa. It's like I didn't realize I yeah. said the F word that much. Yeah. And so um, I walk in after me and this lady have this altercation. I joke about it to my band. This crazy old F and B, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like joking and yeah i was like she's crazy i should have just i should have kicked her in the butt took away her cane you know i'm just like being a dick about it yeah, there, yeah. there's no other way to put it <laughs> and uh so about four years later five years later i'm just really polluting myself you know drugs alcohol everything yeah. to where even my band is starting to be like man dude you're you're a little out of hand and i was just like you know, and I was, I'd always rationalize it. Well, I'm only hurting myself. You know, it's yeah. like I don't, I don't, uh, you know, to me, I wasn't irresponsible. And then I start thinking, man, it's like everybody's kind of coming down on me. And it was like pretty much 365 days a year. Wow. And so some, a bunch of my family members were just all the time, hey, why don't you just check this out? If you check it out, I'm like, just leave me alone. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need God. I know who God is. Mm -hmm. I believe in God. Just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. You're ruining my high. <laughs> so then they invited yeah. me to um, this uh, Christian event. And I told them, look, if I go, will you shut up? And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, I need a hard promise on this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, you need to say the words. I wanted to make it crystal clear. Mm -hmm. I go. You guys shut up. Leave me the F alone. Mm -hmm. It's like, and there, so I got like a hard promise from like all my sisters. They're all like, we're like, Hey, we'll leave you alone. This is, we're good. 
I'm mm-hmm. like, cool, then I'll go. It's like, yeah, you just leave me alone. So that whole week leading up to this event, I partied my ass off, to be honest. I mean, sure. I, I was, it's like, and I'm telling my wife, well, I want to be up for this. So let's just, you know, make sure I'm just like lined up. So I was lit when I went. And I thought, okay, if God is the all being what he says he does, if he can get me cleaned up, I'll believe. And somebody's like, that's arrogant. I'm like, not really. You know, I don't think God took it as arrogant. God probably took it as I was at my wits end Mm -hmm. and I couldn't quit what I have begun. Because at this point, I was just strolling through life wasted. 24 7 right. and even even the people around me is addictions bad be mm-hmm. because people that laugh off addiction don't realize once you're hooked you will your integrity means nothing right and i'd always tell people trust respect honor and integrity and when you are addicted to something you will lie to everybody right. because you don't want after a while you don't want people to know that you're on it 24 7 and so you are so exactly. you'll go to yeah. Thanksgiving dinner and choke down food and then go throw it up because you have to eat in front of your family mm-hmm. or else they know you're on drugs. Right. And you have to eat in front of your wife or else she'll know you're on drugs. You have to eat in front of the people you love the most or else they know you're on drugs. So you're not living just a double life. You're living a triple life because now the people you trust the most, you have to hide from them too. So mm-hmm. you're hiding from everybody. So after a while, you don't even know who you are anymore. And so it just becomes down to where you're juggling so much crap. You just get sick of it. You're just like, man, you know, we have a song called Promise of Agony. It's about somebody who's just so sick of just, they feel like they're not even existing, that they're like pleading to die alone. And after a while, you just kind of feel like that. You feel cornered by yourself. You know, it's like, you know, that there's a lot of old cliches about am I own worst enemy. And at that point, you're kind of like that. And so I'm like, I will go to this damn thing if my family will shut their freaking mouth. <laughs> and so I'm sitting next to my wife and this pastor guy's talking and I'm just like, I look at my wife and I go, do you think my family knows this guy enough that he would talk about me? And this old lady in front of us goes, "Hun, he gives the same message every time. And I was just like... Well, mother effort. <laughs> I was just like, well played, God. You're just like yeah. really like dicking with me now. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like pit. I was like kind of irate, kind of shocked, kind of like, yeah. Whoa, what the hell? And you know, it's like I still have those mannerisms. You mm-hmm. know, like whoa, I I don't know what the heck. So they do a call, like, hey, does anybody want to accept Christ? And my wife goes, babe, do you want to go? I told her, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's check this out. And so the whole time I'm walking down, I'm bargaining with God. God, you know my deal. You get me clean, I'll follow Jesus. If you don't, I'm out. I, yeah. I it's like I was just Yeah. And you know, people would may think that I was wrong for that, but I was in a corner. And God mm-hmm. didn't look at it as this is an arrogant guy making a deal with me. He's like, this is a guy who's at his wits end, who's right. submitting. Mm-hmm. And God was legit. He totally got me off drugs like that. And I couldn't wow. do it myself. And so at that point, we, um, I started getting cleaned. Mm-hmm. And I was tripping out because I tried everything, you know, because I felt like, man, I'm letting everybody down. You know, when you're, when you're in a group, 
you don't represent just you. Right. You know, you represent your band, your mm-hmm. family. You represent everybody who buys the shirt, the disc, the bumper mm-hmm. sticker, the patches. Mm-hmm. You represent a lot of people. And I, to me, at that point, I was just thinking, man, I'm just letting everybody down by just throwing all of this away. And every time I was doing drugs, I was just like, man, but I can't stop right now. You know? Sure. And so next thing you know, I was all cleaned up and Dark Angel had taken a hiatus, which was kind of good for me because I needed to find, you know, just direction and outlet. So Mm -hmm. I just started getting back to what I knew. I started working out, playing sports again. Mm -hmm. And then when we started getting back together, getting back to music, it was, to me, it was the greatest thing because I was clean. I was ready to go. You know, I already, you know, when you're in a band, if you're in a, a, a real good band situation, you're like family. Sure. You know, and so your band's not just, just not guys you jam with. I've been in bands to where it's just like, yeah, you know, it's like you come in, you play, you never talk to each mm-hmm. other. You don't care what happens. You know, Dark Angel's always been like, you know, we've laughed together. We've cried together. We yelled at each other. We yeah. hugged each other. We've had the great, you know, they seen me at my best. They've seen me at my mm-hmm. worst. We've all had to call each other here and there and apologize for being dicks. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like when yeah. you're brothers, that's what happens. Yeah, you like all great brothers, families. Yeah. You know, it's like that's what happens when you're too big of a person to apologize mm-hmm. to somebody. That's when you have that riff. So when people say, oh, well, how in 2013 you guys just come together so quickly and bam, just start playing big shows. It's like people didn't know. We've always been family throughout this whole time. So yeah. it was just an easy transition mm-hmm. just to get back out there and just do it. Cause it's like what they didn't know is this whole time we've always talked to each other. We've always been bros. Oh, okay. We've always been like, love you, bro. When we get off the phone, I was <laughs> like, love you, bro. We're, we always have been like, Hey man, we had a saying back in the day. Yeah. If it's one of us, it's all of us. And so we've always kept yes. that kind of mantra, that mm-hmm. motto going. So it's like, we've never had a problem to where it's like, Oh, dude, it's like, I don't like this guy. This guy don't like this guy. This guy don't get along with this guy. Yeah. We've always just had that. Hey, bro, what's up? Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. Dude, I'm down. Let's do it. Boom. (laughs) It's just like. That's awesome. It's simple. It's simple for Mm -hmm. us to get together and just shred. And like I said earlier, for Mm -hmm. us, it's always fun. So it's just. For us to get around each other and act like children for a couple hours and shred, (laughs) it's just, you know. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, did the um, did the energy change at all? Because you, you're we're talking. I mean, one we're talking different lifestyles. You know, you go from like this stereotypical rock and roll lifestyle to well, I'm a Christ follower now. The Lord has uh, <laughs> cured me of my addictions. Um, let's go make some uh, speed metal. Uh, you know, what's what's kind of the the response to that? I think now I have more energy because now I actually care more, you know, because back then I cared, but I cared about just, um, I've always been the same person. Like right now you can tell just the way I talk. I don't really, I never, I've never, um, been able to hold my tongue, which is, you know, I always tell people, this is why I I don't really do interviews because I'd always tell people, I I don't really do interviews. God blessed me with a big mouth and an ability to not give a crap what people think. I'll say whatever (laughs) in my microphone. That's awesome. I I do. It's like, I'll get up there on stage and say whatever the hell I want. And, uh, they used to be like, Oh, Ron's going to start a riot. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, throw my fist in the air with my mic in it. It's just like yeah. wireless mic. Woo! 
And, uh, you know, so I just never, and just being a Christ follower, it's, mm-hmm. it's the same for me because the only difference is, is I'm sober and I'll remember how much crap I started the next day because I don't, I still don't give a crap what people think. Because, you know, it's like, I know there's, being a musician, there's a mm-hmm. certain part of you that wants people to like what you do. Yeah. But to the flip side of that, if you go into making music or go into performing and worry about everybody, you'll never be true to what you, to who you are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you look at every great, like, legendary artist, you know, Jimi Hendrix was told by every person, like every black person on planet Earth, you play a white man's guitar, you're a racist. And it's like, how did they call Jimi Hendrix a racist? How did they say bad things about Hendrix? Right. That guy freaking changed guitar forever. He's one of my favorite musicians on mm-hmm. planet Earth. I love Hendrix. And to know that a majority of people hated Hendrix, but yet he kept doing what he did. Even when he was one of the most unpopular people, he stayed the course. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is right there. He was real. You know, he was real. And a lot of people say, oh, well, keep it real. It's like, what's keep it real, dude? Follow your heart. Do what, yeah. do what you want inside. So even though there's a flip side to each one of those, I think when it comes down to the end of the day, mm-hmm. you just do what you honestly love. And people lock on to that. And, and it comes mm-hmm. down to about how they see us live. Mm-hmm. They see five guys out there just really digging what they do mm-hmm. and they can't help get involved because they're not like, Oh, these guys are pretending to enjoy this. Oh, they're yeah. really just, this is what they really love. You know, it's like Gene Hoagland's dad, Jerry um, just passed away um, right before Christmas mm. or around Christmas. Um, Gene and I were talking and he went to Sweden rock with us in 2014 yeah. And uh, we're we're line checking, and then you know there's a lot of hurry up and wait yeah. in, in shows, and we're just standing there. And uh, me and his dad got to have a really good conversation. He's like, you know, this takes me back, son, <laughs> to uh, the days of Fender's Ballroom and uh, Celebrity Theater. Mm-hmm. And he goes, when you guys were just uh, just giddy little kids, and he's talking about, you know, it goes back when Mama was there because his wife had passed before him. And it really just hit me hard of that's where we started. And he goes, and to see you guys just laughing and smiling, he goes, that's never changed. And he goes, and that will never change. And just for him to say that really meant so much because that's kind of what we do, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and of course there's going to be times to where we stress one another out or we have disagreements but still, at the end of the day, that's the kind of thing we bring. We just bring to each other. We'll we'll make each other laugh. We'll joke around. <laughs> There's stressful things in any any music kind of thing. You know, you get to a festival or a gig and crap's not working out. Yeah. It's like hurry up and wait for five minutes turns into an hour. Doors are going to open. Crap ain't working. Yeah. You know, you're at Hellfest and you know your guitar player's amp aren't isn't firing up and your intro tapes going but the guys from death angel are super freaking cool so you got (laughs) you got the guys and this is a true story you got the guys from death angel hooking up your guitar player's rig because the text there don't speak english and 
your intro's going and yeah. we have no power. And you're just <laughs> like, whoa. You know, but every, you know, and, but it's just those things. And you just, after you're done, you just like everything pulled together. You all yeah. laugh about it and whatnot. And that's to me what makes it just so that energy. Is just better now because I think the old me would have probably stressed, cussed through things. Yeah, you know, and the new me is just like, oh, it's all, it's all gonna be good. It's all gonna, you know, it's like every time I step out there now, it's it's honestly a blessing. You know, before I expected it, I yeah. expected, I expected everybody to want me to be there. Now I'm just blessed and stoked that I get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the major difference. But as for the energy, now it's like I have it in ten tenfold. That's that's awesome. That's very very cool. Because yeah, I mean it's it's I, I've seen it a few times with some mainstream bands that you know maybe maybe do one tour too many or just don't quite know when to hang it up and. I would imagine that that might be something the um, top of mind for you guys playing the style of music that you do. I mean, it's it's fast, it's aggressive, and uh, to hear that you guys still have that same energy is very encouraging, and and I'm sure your uh, the fans are uh, very stoked about that. That's why my that's... formal living room's a weight room. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that when I came in, when uh, when you welcomed me into your home, it's like you walk in the front door and it's all weight kits, and that's <laughs> uh, and and. You're in great shape, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, uh, why, that's why all yeah. of that's there. You know, mm-hmm. me and my wife were talking, and I'm blessed with a great woman. And mm-hmm. I told her, you know, I need to get in shape. And she's like, well, we, we've set – it was a nice formal living room. It yeah. had all the nice furniture. You know, you've probably been to your aunt or yeah. whatever's house to where oh, they yeah. never sat in it. You yep. know, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Not a speck of dust. Mm-hmm. Furniture that's never looked like it's been touched. <laughs> we have one of those. Yeah. And I think we used it like maybe twice in like 10 or 12 years. And she goes, you know, why don't we strip all this out and put all the gym equipment in here? And I like nice. looked at her. I was like, I don't think I could love you anymore right now. And I'm like, really? That You're cool with that? She goes, yeah, you got to get in shape. And if you're going to play shows at your age, mm-hmm. you got to really consider this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. And so, <laughs> lo and behold, we yeah. we you know offer up. We sold everything. We're just like, yeah, crap. Let's sell it. Nice. You know, let's sell couch, TV. Let's mm-hmm. everything that's in there. We just sold. And it's like, let's just sell it. Yeah. And uh, let's just pack that with weight gear. And so we did. And she is just like totally cool with it. You know, just like uh, my office. Yeah. It's gonna rent a studio because I rehearse here. Oh, okay. And she goes, you know, we have the office. She goes, why don't you make the office? She goes, why don't you soundproof it? Why don't you get a PA system in there? She yeah. Goes, one and done. And I was just like, really? I was like, nice. <laughs> so then I can just run here uh-huh. whenever I want. Yeah. yeah. She goes, yeah, I'd make that your little man cave room slash office studio. Do whatever you want. I was like, <sighs> that's. <laughs> that's awesome. We uh we all marry up, don't we? It's, yep, it's, it's exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I'm uh, I thank God for my wife every day. I mean, because I mean, you know, they our spouses just make us better. I mean, yep. they they help us be our best selves. Every oh, yeah, time. she puts up with my crazy butt too. Because it's like, <laughs> damn, it's like you know, we got married. Mm-hmm. I was in Dark Angel mm-hmm. right after my first tour. 
So, I mean, she's been there. We've been married 29 years. So, for all of this mayhem and all of the crazy crap mm-hmm. I have managed to pull off in that 29 <laughs> I mean, broken 23 broken bones. I mean, everything that you can imagine. And she's just like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, she don't even flinch at that damn stupid stuff. I mean, and I still do that stupid stuff. <laughs> we, we played Finland, uh, Jamali Matali uh, mm-hmm. festival, and two days before I'm supposed to get on a plane, I break two bones in my wrist. And uh, wow, you know we're mountain biking, and I'm like yeah. training, I'm doing cardio, yeah. and uh, but I shouldn't have been jumping, and so I'm jumping, <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm tumbling down this side of this mountain, yeah. you know, and a, a tree was so nice to stop me, <laughs> and so I got blood coming out of my forehead, mm-hmm. and I'm like my face looks okay, right? And she's like. <laughs> okay for you, babe. And I'm like, love you. And I'm like, oh crap, I can't move my freaking oh, I can't man. remember which one it was. Sure. Like, I can't move my, my hand. And she's like, Great. Are we gonna go get x-rays? I'm like, oh, I'll gut it out. And she's like, let's go get x-rays. Yeah. And then they're like, You need this. They wanted me to wear this big old gaudy brace. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll buy a small one mm-hmm. and I'll make something. I go, so it looks cool on stage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my doctor's like, Why? What are you doing? And Judy's like, he's flying to Finland in two days. And my doctor's like, so you did this? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Polite smile. <laughs> my, my phone starts ringing and it's yeah. Jim Durkin, my guitar mm-hmm. player from California. I'm like, yeah. Hey, bro, what's up? I'm kind of busy right now. Can I call you back? And he goes, there's a video of you doing a wheelie across the bridge. Are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fine. So we go to Chicago O'Hara yeah. Airport. Mm-hmm. And we're going to meet with the guys in Sacred Reich. And then we're all flying to mm-hmm. Finland together. Okay. And uh, I come walking up like this, yeah. with both hands in the air. Yeah. And I'm like, and he goes, I knew it. <laughs> he goes, first of all, when you were all all like that, seeing those videos, he goes, I knew you were hurt. Yeah. I'm like, I can still hold my mic, dude. I'm good. Because <laughs> it was like us, King Diamond, Testament, Loudness from Japan, oh. great band, Sacred Reich. We had so mm-hmm. much fun. Oh, my word. But they're just like, yeah, we knew you were hurt the minute he goes, the minute I yeah. see this video on YouTube or <laughs> Facebook or whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever my wife put it on. <laughs> and he goes, and then I call and he goes, and you're like, oh, hey, I'm a little busy right now. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, I got, I got to love the, the social media. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that uh, because you know everything is you know videoed and photographed i mean there, there's nowhere to hide anymore <laughs> i'm thankful that back on the leave scars time does not heal tours there was no video social media yeah we were in enough trouble back then and back then i used to drink like a fish mm-hmm. people used to come up and say hey i met you and i, I would cringe i would squeeze my wife's hand yeah and then they'd like, you were so cool. And then I'd let go. Like, oh, whew. <laughs> whew, it was a good one. <laughs> you know, because I'd have people come up to me yeah. and say, you were so rude and obnoxious. And you came to our table. And you drank all of our beer. And then you said a bunch of cuss words and left. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's like I was drunk. And, and they're like, yeah, you were. And you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, you, please stop talking. It's like, please just, you know, it's like I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, please don't give me no more details. I'm like, <laughs> I'm done hearing about this. Yeah. It's like, we all know. It's like, and then I tell them like the, the, you know, default setting. We all know as a rude dick back then. Let's just let it go. Please, please let it go. And they yeah. just hammer the point home. And I look at my wife and she's like, I know, babe, you were like a obnoxious jerk. And I was like, you stayed with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> oh, how could you stay with me? <laughs> so you've uh, you've mentioned before that you know um, obviously you don't uh, do a whole lot of interviews and and uh, notoriously for a, a notoriously loud mouth as as you put it. Um, uh, could you tell me about a time that that uh, that loud mouth got you in trouble? Oh yeah, <laughs> or one one you'd like to have back maybe. <laughs> Oh, wow. Just one, huh? Whoa. Uh, floor is yours. I mean, I, <coughs> okay. I got tons of battery life. I, I'll be here all day. <laughs> There's been a couple of them. Um, man, my mouth's got me in trouble a bunch of times. Mm. In Dark Angel and not in Dark Angel, it's got me in trouble a bunch of times with just the police in life, in the band. Um,. I, I've just always been the shoot my mouth off think late, yeah. later person. Mm-hmm. And so in Dark Angel, it's gotten me in trouble. We played an Empire Club in Philly, and uh, it was, we were on tour with Death at the time. Okay. And uh, they opened up for us, and uh, Chuck, it was when Chuck was alive, and Chuck was hot and cold with us. He would love us one moment, yeah. he would hate us the next moment. And uh, so he's like, dude come up and do pull the plug with us. And I went and I did pull the plug with them a couple times. I, that was one of my favorite songs. I'm like, dude, come, come on yeah. stage to the song with us. And so <clears throat> I didn't know he's going to pick this night, but that night I was on side of the stage and they oversold that club. So people had broken oh. out the doors, the glass doors and came in. And so the stage was starting to come apart. It was a sectional stage. So the police had said, um, you guys aren't going on stage. Mm-hmm. You can't do, they listed a bunch of things I shouldn't do. And so my usual F you do what I want type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what you'll do. And so I, my band, we had a talk and said, Hey, we're playing. They can arrest all of us. We <laughs> don't really care. Right. So we get on stage and I was my usual uh, jerk self mm-hmm. taunting the police doing yeah. The double double middle fingers at him with my microphone and uh, stage diving and acting up. Mm-hmm. And the stage is like, there's like foot gaps between some of the sectionals in the front part of the stage. Oh, my band has to step in the back half because mm-hmm. the front of it's coming apart and it's mayhem crazy. And so we get off stage and the whole time I'm mocking the police talking crap. Yeah. And so we get off stage and the cop drags me. And our manager, Scott Gibbons at the time, follows me out. And he's like, let him go. And I'm like, I still got my wireless in my hand with my hands back there. Mm-hmm. And so you can hear all the mayhem through the PA system and stuff. Yeah. I told him, you guys aren't very bright, are you? And the cops just pissed. Yeah. I called him, dude, I am a traveling riot right now. I go, all I have to do is just start yelling and screaming stuff. And our crowd will go nuts. Yeah. I go, look, they will dissipate because our band's done. Mm-hmm. And if you let me go, they will go. I go, but if you keep holding me, I will incite the biggest riot ever. And the cops just like, you have no clue. And our manager's like, please don't make him do this. You know, Scott's yeah. just in front of the cops and the cops are surrounding him. They're yeah. surrounding me and I'm lipping off the whole time. And Scott's like, please, Ron, please. <laughs> and uh, they end up letting me go. Mm-hmm. And I start talking to the crowd, you know, and I'm like telling them, hey, man, the cops are being cool. They're letting me go, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And then the cop comes up to me with about five cops. I'm like, oh, this is go time here. Yeah. Is, and he's like, thank you. 
He's like, I don't know why you had to be such a jerk when you were playing. Yeah. He's like, this is all your fault. I'm like, the promoter oversold the club. This isn't my fault. Yeah. And uh, he's just like, I can see a rough life, rough life for you. Like, Thank you. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because that's just kind of what I felt my role was, you know, because it. That's how it was growing up, you know. When yeah. I when I grew up, that's kind of what I did. I was just like the loudmouth kind of jokester, mm-hmm. you know. When I went into court with tickets, I did the same thing. And if you went to Joe, you just went to Joe. You just like, hey, I got street cred now, woo! <laughs> and so you just never, I never thought anything through, you yeah. know. And if it came down to where we were going to get in a fight, we would just. Get in a fight, you know. I don't. I think it was Gene who thought if it said if it was one of us, it was either Gene or Jim. If it's one of us, it's all of us. And that was just kind of our motto. I mean, yeah. we just were like a not a ro- we were just like rolling mayhem. You know? <laughs> we were just you know you put young kids unsupervised on a tour, yeah. and they just do the craziest things. Mm. And that's how we we always did that stuff, you know. And it was just. One mm. of those things. Yeah. We'd always talk crap. We'd always, we'd always get the police to hate us first, and then they would love us later. Okay. Yeah. They'd, they'd be like, yeah, you guys are kind of jerks and rough around the edges, but you guys are kind of cool. You kind of know where the happy medium is type of yeah. thing. But. Yeah. Kind of like a scoundrel with a heart of gold. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> Some days. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about music in general for for a minute. Um, what uh, what are you listening to? What uh, what do you like? I listen to almost everything except for I'd say maybe rap and disco and country. But I listen to like classic okay. rock, rock, yeah. classical, worship, punk. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like anything in any of those genres mm-hmm. and Johnny Cash I know country claims him now that he's dead but when he was alive country didn't want nothing to do with him right so yeah. those country <laughs> yahoos need to just lay off Johnny Cash because they didn't like him when he was alive so right you know those huckabucks need to let him go but, uh, you know anything like that I pretty much I pretty much like you know mm-hmm. it's like I love old old rock and roll like uh, anything like that from Buckman Turner Overdrive to like uh, just there's a band that me and Hogoys crack up called Alicart from uh, Norwalk. Okay, they're like a swing boogie uh, rock, and uh, me and Gene always joke that we're the only two people on planet Earth that know who they are. Check them out; you can find them on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. really, really good band. But I'll listen to almost anything mm-hmm. that, you know, like the other day I was listening to a classic station and they had Fog Hat on. Okay. I was like, oh my God, I remember seeing Fog Hat like four times live, you know, because I'm 53. Right. So, you know, I've, I've been blessed seeing a lot of really good bands. Like mm-hmm. I've seen, um, I've seen Montrose with Ronnie Montrose and Sammy Hagar live. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band live. Yeah. You know, I've seen Leonard Skinner live. The original, the original, yeah. yeah. Not, no. not what. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think maybe they have like a distant Van Zant cousin in yeah, there, and they're know? calling it Leonard Skinner. But, but I've seen Leonard Skinner with Ronnie Van Zant. You know, yeah. it's like I've been lucky to see yeah. a lot of great bands. You know, I've seen Alice Cooper probably four times. You know, I've seen Sabbath. You know, with Ozzy before Dio, with Ozzy after Dio. I've mm-hmm. seen him with Dio. I've seen Dio a bunch of times on his own. I, you know, I've mm-hmm. been just. Super lucky to see a lot. I've seen Priest 
man, back when they wore bell bottoms, <laughs> you, know, I've, you know, before they wore all leather. Right. You know, so I've got to see a lot of really cool bands. You know, I've, I've seen uh, um, the band called The Knack back when they used to play clubs. Sure. You know, so I've got to see a lot of really good bands. So I like pretty much almost anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's really good, um, then I really then it's something I will I will like. I don't care what the genre is. I'm not really a genre type. I was uh, saying, oh, I like this band. Somebody's like, oh, you like this type of music? I'm like, I have no idea what the hell you just said. Oh, They're like, sure. this is this kind of music. This is like doom, goth, whatever. I'm like, huh. Yeah, it, it's funny that like music genres now, it's kind of like adjective soup. Yeah, you exactly. know, it's it's uh, you know uh, uh, post metal core or something yeah. like that. You know, you just you just start throwing extra words in it, and suddenly it's it's you know it's a, its own separate unique thing. Yeah, I tell them this is heavy metal, yes. and they're like, "This ain't heavy metal." They're like. This is something modern goth, the rock, something. Right, yeah, What yeah. the hell did you just say? I'm like, man, I go, you're pissing me off like at the guy at freaking Home Depot when I went to buy beige paint. The guy's <laughs> like, we don't sell beige paint. I go, what the hell you mean? I go, beige. And he goes, do you want Sandusky Sunrise? And I'm like, what did you just say? And he goes, what kind of theme is your room? And I looked at my wife. I go, if this guy asks me that again, I want to tag him. I go, I want beige. And he goes, well, we have Sierra, whatever. And I'm like, it's like I looked at my wife and I looked at him. I go, I'm going to go look at hammers. I go, and I'm going to come back here with one. I go, babe, you, he better have beige. I go, I'm going to use it. I was getting so frustrated. Sure. And then I told somebody, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, this and that. I'm like, yeah, that's like going to Home Depot and buying beige freaking paint. I go, yeah. go, go try that on for size. Yeah. You know, I was like, what happened to rock and roll, heavy metal? classic rock right punk i'm like now there's like 40 it's like going to buy a cold medicine at you know safeway or something yeah yeah before there was like three or four cold medicines now there's 42 of them and all of them have the same damn thing in them yeah but they all say they're for a different thing it's like okay well if they're for a different thing why do they have the same ingredients Mm -hmm. that's like you know it's like like you said it's like they just pick a bunch of different adjectives because they want to sound cool yeah it's like, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that there's like a wheel that they just kind of spin. <laughs> it's it's just an adjective wheel. It's just yeah. Because I mean, yeah. I could have swore I was listening to heavy metal, but they were trying to make me feel stupid. And then I was like, man, I'm gonna have to start dropping my resume in a minute if they keep like telling me how many different yeah. styles this is. I'm like, wow, how many tours have you been on? How many albums have you made? It's like, this is a freaking heavy metal band, dude. It's mm-hmm. like, don't be trying to pull this crap on me. Yeah. It's like Bruce Dickinson, we saw Maiden last. He was talking about bands. He's like, this isn't this. This is a heavy metal band. He's like, you know, I got bad news for you. This band plays rock. This band plays heavy metal. He goes, okay. but let, let me tell you, we all play the same music. You know, we all play yeah. this. I'm like, thank you, Bruce. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. You, sometimes a cup of coffee is just a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 almost like a cappuccino culture at that yeah, point where exactly. it's just, you know, just adding adding more uh, uh, frou-frou <laughs> to it, <laughs> more, more than you would need. Um, <laughs> uh, but that... But that being said, let's uh, you know, let's uh, kind of talk about the uh, the actual metal scene for a sec. What uh, what do you think the kind of the state of the genre kind of is? Ooh, is it's, I think it's it's weird because you know a lot of the new bands, and I don't want to bag on a lot of the new mm-hmm. bands, but 
me and my wife have this discussion a lot because uh, lately I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of just classic either thrash or classic heavy metal yeah. or classic rock. She's like, well, mm-hmm. look at a lot of the new bands. I told her there's only a handful of them that are good. Right. You know, I go because I go if you look at albums, albums as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, uh, who was that that put that on that priest interview I did. Man, this great drummer. Mm. I can't think of his name right now. I'm drawing a blank. He's going to be pissed at me too next time I see him. <laughs> but uh, he said, uh, you know, he's talking about Priest album. He's like, all griller, no filler. You know, and it's like a lot. You look at albums, it's mm. like how many new bands have that album you can listen to from beginning to end? Right. You know, they have one or two songs that are good, and mm-hmm. the rest is just crap. Yeah. Or this, how many new bands, you could put 10 of them in a row. And it's hard to pick which band's which. Yeah. And I told her there's, you know, it's like with Queen. You know, you can hear Queen and hear Freddie Mercury and no freaking, you could be almost deaf and go, damn, that's Freddie Mercury. That's yeah. Brian May's guitar. Yep. You would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You hear a priest riff and you like, that's Judas Priest. Right. That's Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that is Amazing. That is awesome. People dog ACDC. I don't care who you are. You put ACDC. They yes. have the Jimi Hendrix thing going on. Yeah. You can put yeah. ACDC on a ghetto blaster on a $10,000 stereo just like Hendrix and it sounds the same. Mm-hmm. That is a freaking – that's a that's a major, major accomplishment mm-hmm. to have your – you know, some bands only sound good on a great stereo and you put them on a, on a single speaker stereo and they sound like garbage yeah it's like you know it's like that's accomplishment when you sound the same no matter what if it's cassette dvd yep cd and you sound exactly the same Mm -hmm. and that riff you hear that first riff you're like oh acdc yeah you know oh that's accept you know but when you're a band that somebody puts you on and they're listening to for three minutes and they're like "Hmm, i'm not really sure is this this band is this this band is this this band well, it's not this band. It's like, yeah, it's like, okay, well, you're not really, you're just lumped into all the other, you know, it's kind of like glam rock in the eighties when it came out, okay. you know, there was like one or two bands that stood out and then the rest sound like everybody else. Right. It's like there were anybody that wore lipstick, the record labels were signing and then it just died because mm-hmm. it had to, because it just started, it was just. Crap. It was well, and it was just everywhere. There yeah. was just over proliferation of it, and yeah. it was just and, yeah, you couldn't get away from. Yeah, it. and everybody started sounding the same. Mm-hmm. They had the whiny vocals, they had the tinty guitar, and mm-hmm. they just had everything was just. And it, you know, it's just you could, yeah. you know, and I think the new music, unfortunately, there's a lot of bands that are starting to sound like that. There's only a handful of bands that stand out, mm-hmm. you know, and and those bands are. Some of them, I I fear, are going to get washed away because people are just going to put them in that label. You know, it's like Christian music, unfortunately. There's some really good Christian bands, Mm -hmm. but people hear that label and they put them in a box. Oh, it's a Christian band? Yeah. Not even giving you the chance because you're a Christian band. You're Mm -hmm. you're in the box now. You know, and it's it's, uh, it's sad. That's why a lot of, you know, it's like... um, like uh, um, Cold Chamber, you know that yeah. band's so original. Mm-hmm. You know they got original sound, and then Des does uh, um, Devil Driver. You know it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, that that band—they have their own unique sound, they have their own unique style, 
you can't really mistake them for anybody else. Right, yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like, wow, they're way out over here. You know? <laughs> but then you get other bands, and I don't want to mention other bands, <laughs> but you get about five or six of them. Yeah. You play it back to back, and man, I would get, I'd sit there with a $100 bill in my hand, and it's like, name all five of those bands. It'd be like, uh. Yeah. It's like, that wasn't the same band? Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. And uh, uh, something you said earlier kind of uh, made me think about, like, uh, we were talking about albums earlier. And it seems with kind of modern bands, and I see this a lot with independent bands, and maybe that's kind of a different thing than label bands. But, like, I I feel like the kind of the full-length album experience is kind of a dying art. Nobody's, I mean, certainly people aren't making concept albums anymore. But even then, just that that front-to-back experience where it's concentrating more on, you know, like one-off singles or EPs. Now, like, um, um, I... I, uh, I deal a lot with a lot of like local independent bands, and for those guys, I think that's great because it, it keeps it top of mind. It's like, oh, we've got another new single, or here's a three three to five song EP, oh. just to kind of keep it top of mind and kind of in the scene. But on the other hand, I I'd really like some of my favorite bands to just kind of come out with like a good solid album uh front to back yeah um uh what do you think about that i i i long for those days i long for those days when you can go down you know a lot of people a lot of people give me so much grief because i just don't buy cds or albums anymore i just download because i'm like i'm so tired of i got a whole a whole rack out there i put in my garage now because you know you bought so many cds to mm-hmm. where you buy one or you one or two songs in there and you put them on your phone now because you, it hooks to your vehicle <laughs> right you know? yeah. it's like they're yeah. like oh well this is what an album collection looks like it's like yeah dude if i want to spend freaking 18 bucks or 12 yeah. bucks on a on two songs you know but it's yeah. like like you said it's a dying art form for mm-hmm. somebody to write 12 good songs, 10 good songs, maybe 14 songs, pick sure. the best 10, mm-hmm. somebody to write 45 minutes of music, you know, 50 minutes of music mm-hmm. and actually sit there and go, we want to produce every song, every song right. we want to pretend that it's the number one song in the sound for people to yeah. put like really um think about the first three songs. Cause remember you buy an album and you know, the first three songs are like, handpicked by the band yeah. this is like the first three songs yeah. the band picked mm-hmm. that they want the best rep the album and you'd mm-hmm. be excited just to hear the first three songs because you're like man this is what they want to rep their album yeah and now you hear it and it's like okay well the singles usually song whatever you know and it's it's yeah. like it's like delegated by an outside authority and then it's like you look on it and you're like mm-hmm. oh well the, my favorite song's not even written by the band it's like, yeah. you know, and it's like, this is just, you know, and they got like all these outside musicians, they got three producers. It's like, geez, you're, you're thinking, where is the, where is the heart? Where is the soul? Where is yeah. the identity of this? And it's like, and, and if they did all this crap to it, it's like, how are they going to come up with this a lot? I always, I yeah. always think of this, you know, it's like, I was listening to my bass player, Mike Gonzalez plays in a, mm-hmm. a band called Kill Devil Theory. It's a, um. Christian band and they have two female vocalists and I was uh, listening to it uh, yesterday 
And I was like, wow, you know, this girl, I love this girl's phrasing. It's just freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my wife, I was like, at least they have two good, two strong vocalists. They'll pull this off live. Yeah. You know, and, and my wife's like, you always do that. Anybody, <laughs> anybody gives you a CD, she goes, man, I hope they know that that's the first thing you think is how they, you know, are they going to do this live? Yeah. Are they going to do this live? I'm like, first thing I think about myself when I record something is like, crap, that's going to be balls hard for me to do live. Jeez, like, what did I do to myself? It's like, you know, yeah. you're hitting all these big notes in the studio because you're mm-hmm. like, I feel so freaking, you know, I'm so fired up. And you go through all this and I always think, okay, Ron, why the hell did you do that? You should have like backed off here. You should have put yeah. more dynamics here. You know, and I'm, you know, you're always hardest on yourself. And I'm like, of course. oh, you know, so I'm listening to it yesterday. I'm like, wow, these chicks are freaking awesome. Like, I love this girl's phrasing. She's just got all this really cool dynamic she's doing. I'm like, man, and the other girl works really good. They work really good off each other. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. And I'm, I just, I bet you they're really good live. I bet you they pull that off live together. Mm-hmm. You just, the way you hear the, how they play off each other in the studio, it sounds so natural. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I think that is kind of gone from the how people make albums nowadays mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you'll hear something so overproduced yeah and you're like listening to it in your headphones mm-hmm. and you're like yeah there's all this dynamic range yeah, and yeah. panning yeah. and all this other you know, weird stuff going like, on you look and you're like there's only five guys in the band right here like 42 <laughs> musicians it's like geez man you know what i'm saying you know yeah there's the musician me come out like mm-hmm. okay well live it's like wow that's either gonna sound like Tinty, like they're playing it in the soup can, or mm-hmm. you know, it's like they're playing it in somebody's garage. It's like, you know, and then I get all kind of bummed, like, you know, it's like the old I seen Sabbath um, from 2014 till <clears throat> 2015. I, we played with Sabbath twice. Okay. Oh, like, wow. Bucket list stuff. <laughs> and so we watched them yeah. both times, VIP, super front, front close. Yeah. And the thing I took away from it was this. And to me, this was the best point ever in the best learning experience is you got to, you know, you're playing big festivals and yeah. everybody's got all this crap and, you know, so all these bands got all this production and then you got Sabbath legendary band mm-hmm. pretty much helped make the genre of heavy metal. Absolutely. You know, almost every heavy metal band credits Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. you know, and what's Black Sabbath up there with? They got... Three big crosses. They got a wall of just amplifiers. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. And what do they do? Ozzy's pretty much, mo- he just walks back and forth and claps his hands. You know, <laughs> but, you know, he's like freaking 70, so who cares? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you know, he's hitting all the lyrics. Tony Iommi's freaking just mm. awesome. And Geezer's just freaking on top of it. What are they doing? They're playing all their songs perfectly. And so I was telling people, this is they're teaching everybody here. It's not about how much crap you got on stage. It's that you have really good songs and you play them really freaking good. I'm like, they're teaching everybody. They're putting on a clinic. You don't need a bunch of crap on stage, you know, like a magic show. Like, look, we can't play. So look over here because over here we suck. But right here, here's a bunch of crap to keep your mind off of it. I'm like, no, they're playing really good and they're playing really good songs. I'm like, Wow, that's a freaking shock to be at a concert and see a band play really good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, this is what you do. And everybody's like, yeah, but you know if they had all this? I go, they don't need it. I go right, right here. There's like freaking 90,000 people glued in on freaking Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I go, that tells you 
how freaking amazing this is. I go, end of story. You can <laughs> drop the microphone and leave now yeah. because they're teaching everybody this is what you do. And, it, you know, to me, that's what it's all about. If you need all that other crap, all that other mm-hmm. crap's good if you're that good. Because, see, Maiden has that sure. stuff, but it's Maiden, and everybody knows Maiden could get up there with just instruments and destroy. Mm-hmm. So whatever they do, they can do whatever the hell they want because they have that credential. Yeah. But when you're a band with no credential and you need that stuff as your crutch, it's evident. And, you know, bands think, oh, we're fooling people. No, you're not really fooling anybody. You're fooling all the kids on Piote and Exodus. I mean, Exodus, Piote and Ecstasy. <laughs> Exodus is a great thrashman, by the way. Yes. But, you know, the people on Piote and Ecstasy, you're yeah. fooling that you're good. But all the people that watch bands mm-hmm. know you just suck and you just got a lot of crap on stage that's kind of fooling people. Yeah, uh, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, exactly. a lot of a lot Great. of that. That's ex- exactly yeah. it. In in some cases, literally. Yeah, actual smoke and actual <laughs> mirrors. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you were you were talking about that uh, um, Sabbath story earlier, and it, and it got me to uh, think of something I wanted to ask you. It's like, do you have a particular? favorite show or favorite experience that that you've had either either as being part of dark angel or any of the other projects you've done or just as a fan just a just that a I've been a, at or that i've done either or both or whatever Ooh. you want wow because yeah I, I was just thinking about that i'm like i bet you he's got some really cool stories man, of I've just being at shows of cool experiences man you know Seeing seeing Sabbath front row twice is pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I didn't get to see him long, meeting I, meeting Alice Cooper was always cool for me because he's yeah. a Christ follower, and the fact mm-hmm. that he was he didn't have a lot of time, and yeah. his manager was trying to get him into the band. We played Sweden Rock together. Okay. You know, and my my I told my wife, I go, that's Alice Cooper because my wife went to <laughs> Sweden with me, and she goes. She goes, oh, it looks like he, they're getting him into the van. She goes, you don't want to bug him, do you? I'm like, oh, bull crap. That's all Scooper. I'm getting a photo with him. <laughs> so I run. I'm like, yo, yeah. Alice. And he turns around. He's ready for the show. He's like dressed. They're, they're taking him to do line check. Wow. And his manager's like, we got to go. And Alice just gives him the look. He does. Like, he works yeah. for me, punk. And he yeah, turns around yeah. and goes, hey, how you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm Ron. This is my wife, Judy. He goes, hey, how you doing? And he introduced us to his wife. And he sits there and he talks to us. I go, can I get a photo with you? Is that cool? And he goes, sure, buddy. Get over here. So we take like three or four photos. Mm-hmm. We talk. We're like talking about Sweden Rock. She's like, you playing Sweden Rock? I'm like, yeah, dude. Hey. So we talk. I'm fanboy like a little giddy kid. And I told him, dude, I've been a fan of yours since I was just and he's like, awesome. So we're like, we're, we talk for, I don't know, seems like forever time. Yeah. It's like time had stopped at this point. Mm-hmm. Probably in real time, probably seven, eight minutes. Sure. But to me, it seems like an hour. And like my heart's yeah. beating in my throat. And I'm like <laughs> getting like giddy idiot kid, but I don't care. <laughs> and so um, we talk and he gets in a van. He's like, I will see you down there, man. He's like, tear it up. And I'm like. Yeah, it's like oh, I told my I told my wife you should have been videotaping all this. <laughs> She's like, I was so nervous. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. Cool. So then we get to the show, and uh, you know, we all have backstage pass. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I wonder how good yeah, this backstage course. pass is. Yeah. So Rob Zombie's playing. So we just I walk right up the stairs, 
and you know, walk on there. And Johnny Five comes over, and me and my wife are standing there. And he starts soloing right in front of my wife. Like, <laughs> she tells, starts taking pictures, and I go, "Hey, let's just walk out on stage." It's like you know, no big deal. Let's walk right. So we walk out on stage, and we're walking, and Blasco's out there, and zombies dancing around. I'm like, freaking yeah, this is awesome. So we get off the stage, and I see Johnny Five walk by. I'm like, "Hey, Johnny, what's up?" He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, I'm Ron Reinhardt from Dark Angel. Like, dude. I love Dark Angel. And I'm like, and nobody's around to hear this crap. And I'm oh, looking around. Man. He goes, what are you looking around for? I go, I want to get a photo with you. He's like, bro, take a selfie. So I took a selfie. I can show you. It's freaking hilarious. He's, <laughs> he's all sweaty. And his yeah. yeah. All running. He just gets off stage. So me and him talked for about five minutes. And I told him, I'll let you go. You just got off stage. I go, I know how I'm usually hungry and thirsty when I get off stage. So, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, you know. Take all your time. He's like, no way, brother. He goes, thank you so much. He goes, I appreciate it. And so he goes into the dressing room. So I'm walking this way. Rob's on. We watch mine. I go, Rob, great show. And he goes, Ron, thanks, bro. And I look at my manager. I, my manager is there. And he goes, dude, that's cool. I go, hey, man, that makes my night. I go, I got to meet Johnny Five. I got to bump knuckles with Rob Zombie and get a picture with Alice Cooper. So we're about to go on stage and Alice Cooper's wrapping up and we're on a different stage. There's like five stages. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm standing in the street singing an Alice Cooper song. And so they have a street that goes to the backstage of every stage. And it's like, back. Oh. so nobody else, unless you're an artist can sure. be in this road. And they got little golf carts that can take you wherever you want to go. And so I'm back there and I'm singing and I hear somebody singing and it's Johnny Five right next to me. And he goes, I love this song. I go, dude, it's one of my favorites. So me and Johnny Five are standing there backstage just singing this song of Alice Cooper's. And he goes, dude, he goes, I'm so pissed. I go, what's the matter, bro? And he goes, Rob Zombie's doing the next song with Alice Cooper. And he goes, and then Alice Cooper's wrapping up and we're leaving. He goes, we're missing Dark Angel. And he goes, and we're upset. I go, oh, sorry, brother. Yeah. And so we shook hands and I went on stage and my manager goes, what are you and Johnny talking about? I go, he's pissed, man. They're missing our show. They got a show tomorrow and it's a couple hundred miles away. He goes, yeah. dude, he goes, that's cool, man. He goes, they seem cool. I go, they were awesome. <laughs> you know, because there's always that thing about yeah. never meet people you like because they might not be cool. Absolutely. And so... I've gotten to meet a couple of people that are just, you know, that are really like, really like their music that mm. have just been really super nice. You know, I've met some people in the industry that I won't mention that <laughs> are just not nice, you know, yeah. and I, cause yeah. I don't want to blow up for anybody else, sure. you know, because they might have a different experience. Cause mm -hmm. one time I met somebody who was like larger than life that was a jerk and he was it might have been just a bad day because I know mm -hmm. I've met a hundred people that met the same person who was super cool. Yeah. And so, you know, for me to pass judgment on somebody, they might have been having a bad day the day I ran into them, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. it's like we're, we're all human. Mm -hmm. Like somebody one time put on the Internet, they're like, oh, I met Ron. He was at a Mexican restaurant with his family. Biggest jerk on planet Earth. I'm like. My whole band came to my defense. They're like, Ron's usually the coolest guy, man. It's like, and I'm like, you know, I don't yeah. remember that. Could have been. Sure. Could not have been. Don't know. You know, but so it's like I always try to cut people slack because it might be, you know, they might have been having something wrong go on. So yeah. I always, yeah. I never, back when I was younger, I would put that on blast. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't yeah. care. Yeah. You know this guy, that guy. Yeah. yeah I'd yeah. be like, Pointing people out. Yeah. It's like, I met this jerk and blah, blah, you know, and, you know, cause you're young, you don't have no responsibility mm -hmm. more or less. 
and you never think about, hey, this person might be going through something. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know. Well, and tomorrow is so far away too. You yeah, know, you is. never know when you're gonna have a, that other chance encounter, or you know, just a, a perspective on life. Yeah. You know, we we often say that uh, you know youth is wasted on the young, and it is. and it's kind of funny when when you realize that there's more days behind you than ahead. You realize, yeah, you know what? If I if I had the wisdom I had now, then how how different would things be? And but you know they probably wouldn't be half as fun. That yeah. that's the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, there's always there's always two sides. To yeah, it, you know. And yeah, then, because a, oh sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, we're also you know the sum of our experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's like you know you, you almost need some of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, all those learning experiences. I mean, you, you're constantly learning oh, yeah. from everything that you do and everyone you encounter in life. So if you start trying to like retroactively change things, you might not like where you are today. You know, again, we're just um, some of our experiences. I think. Yeah, and you know those those you know define who you are. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am today. Without a lot of those stupid decisions, you know, I start getting in trouble at a young mm-hmm. age, mm-hmm. and I start losing a lot of things at a young age. Like when I got in Dark Angel, I was on probation. Okay, you know, when I got into Dark Angel, I was, you know, the, for the first year I was in the band, they'd always joke, "Oh, we saved you from a life of crime," you know, because <laughs> I was just a young kid that was just in a crap ton of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't have those things, you know, you never, you never know how much you would be grateful for. Like I always tell people, you know, it's like people think, oh, you know, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? I'm like, I'm going to retire in this house. You know, it's like I'm blessed beyond all measure because it's like, man, it's like there was times where, you know, I had nothing. I was homeless. I had no place to live, no anything. You know, I lived on $25 a week after just paying all of my bills. And, you know, that was like my food because I'd have enough gas to get to rehearsal, you know, and just, you know, and it's like, you hear those stories all the time, but you know, when you get anything, you're just like, Oh yeah, everything I have now, it's like, to me, this is all top of the line, greatest stuff in the world. (laughs) It's like, I don't really, you know, somebody asked me one time, what do you want? It's like, I don't really, there's things that I want, but there is absolutely positively nothing I need. I got everything I need. Mm -hmm. We're sitting here the other night and, we had Ruger laying here. We had Trini there. My wife was there, and yeah. I was sitting here. And I was just sitting here going, man, to say that I was blessed would be an understatement. It's like I have more than I could ever imagine mm-hmm. I would have. If I was like six, when I was like 16 and my mom threw me out yeah. and to have no place to live and then to look at me at 53 and have all this, mm-hmm. I'd just be like blown away, you know, because back then people would be oh, you're not going to amount to nothing. You're never going to do, you're going to be garbage your whole life. I'm like, yeah, screw all you people. It's like, take that and I'll use it. Yeah. Take that. That's, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, aggression or Mm -hmm. uh, energy on stage. Yeah. A lot of times I always hear that stuff too. You know, when I get on stage, it's like, yeah, because all of our songs are aggressive. All of our songs are, you know, uh, our bass player, Mike, always says, hey, let's play the song with death in it. We've got about four or five of them. <laughs> you know, so many times we're doing those, I always think back of all the people that said, oh, you guys can't. Your band's a bunch of devil worshippers. You know, yeah. they, they always will single out every one of us and say what losers we are. It's like, 
yeah, these these are my brothers. You know, it's like you talk crap about them, you're talking crap about me. Yeah. So like, and so when you hit that stage part, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm here for one thing. You know, uh, Jimmy and I, uh, when uh, I first joined a band, there was a theater in, in uh, Norwalk called the Laundra Six. Okay. We went and saw the Roddy Piper movie, They Live. Oh, yeah. And there's that line. Classic. Like, I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm mm-hmm. all out of bubblegum. Mm-hmm. That's like one of mine and his favorite end-all, be-all lines in one yeah. of our favorite movies. So I always think of, of that, too. Yeah. I've actually used that in Bloodstock. We played Bloodstock in England right after Roddy Piper passed away. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy's like, are you going to do the line? I go, dude, I have to. You have to. And so the crowd went nuts. Mm. But, you know, you just think about all of those things that culminate your whole life. You know, all of those experiences, good and bad, mm-hmm. you know, because that makes you whole. You know? Absolutely. That's why I, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever want to change anything. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's incredible. It's very very cool. So as a as we're uh, kind of winding down a little bit, I I wanted to I wanted to talk about a, a couple things before I ask you uh, um, our closeout questions. So so you and I got acquainted from our uh, our our buddy Mike Burt and Limber Lost, uh-huh. and. Um, I would imagine because I'm sure that you know people that are listening to this, listening to me, and this, listening to you, are. I've noticed there's a lot of crossover between Limberlost fans and all that. Um, got any cool Mike Burt stories? <laughs> you wanna? Because, because like I was talking to the talking to the guys in uh, uh, Strangely All Right not too long ago, you know the band uh, uh, Ray Hayden's in, and you know it's like there's there was it was all these Mike stories where he's causing all kinds of trouble, and and the more I'm getting to not just know Mike as a person, but kind of know of the uh, legend of Mike, I'm like Mike. I, I'm like there's there's some stories out there i just i just know it so i'm so i'm gonna try to play uh investigative journalist here and see if uh, see if i can evil, get you mike the evil leprechaun he told me too he goes he goes dude he goes uh try not to talk too much crap about me i go oh dude i go since you said something now i'm gonna talk a long crap about you <laughs> Now Mike's a good guy. I yeah. love Mike. He is he is uh, by far a funny dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him back here at my. I have a fire pit. It's covered in snow and uh, moss right now. Oh, okay. But uh, um, he's he's just a super funny guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when uh, we first met, I met him at High Point at church, and mm-hmm. when we first met, we were, we were talking, and he was talking to me about his drums and stuff, and he, you know, I was like, yeah, your drums cool man i like the double bass and stuff like that and he didn't know i played music at all yet and so we're you know we're talking okay. and then i told him oh yeah you know i dabbled in music here and there and usually you know it, probably the rule of thumb is everybody probably tells that guy that because yeah. he's a really good drummer mm-hmm. and so uh i i can't remember how long it was and then he comes up to me and he looks at me he's like dingus and i'm like what he goes <laughs> Yeah, I'm in music a little bit or something, yeah. you know, because I kind of just, you know, I don't really, you know, spout my resume out or anything. Right. And, you know, Mike is a really accomplished drummer. He's mm-hmm. done a lot in music. And so uh, then that's how me and him kind of got really tight, you know, okay. because, uh, you know, I, I at this point, 
everybody at church is like, hey, have you met Mike Burke? Hey, have you met Mike Burke? Hey, have you met Mike Burke? So when (laughs) I first met him, I already knew everything about him because everybody told me. They're like, oh, you play in a band, you do this, you do that. So he didn't really know nothing about me, but I kind of knew everybody's like, Mike's like this like the drum guy. And so uh, he's just like walks up to me. He's like, dingus. He's like, you've done this, you've done that. And we just kind of hit it off really good. And so like we go to men's events and stuff. And we just started kind of becoming really super close Mm -hmm. because he's just a really good guy. I mean, it's funny because, like, if he has a couple of drinks in him, he laughs like a leprechaun. I don't know if you ever seen him do that. It's, I, I don't think I've seen the laugh yet. Oh, my God. But, uh, it's hilarious. That's it, funny. It cracks me up. It makes me laugh super hard. It'll make me snort. It'll make me laugh before I'll snort. Right. But, uh, yeah, he is uh, he is uh, quite the character. Mm. I always wanted him to drum with me. I was going to do a project. I mm. wanted to do a solo album. And, you know, I was just talking to Mike, and, yeah. and I uh, told him, yeah, I wanted, I got some material I wanted to write. Didn't even have to ask him. He's like, bro, if you ever need anything, yeah. he's like, dude, just, I'll make time for it. And I told him, dude, I really appreciate that. And I, I told my wife, that's a testament to the kind of guy he is. You know, it's like, you don't have to ask. You know, like other people, you have like, dude, you know, if you got time, I'd appreciate it. You have to sell them. Yeah. You know, Mike, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I really like to do this. I got some songs that I think are good. They're nowhere near Dark Angel stuff, you mm-hmm. know, but they're just kind of rock and roll heavy metal. And he just like looks at me real serious. And he's like, bro, whatever you need. If you need anything from mm-hmm. me, dude, he goes, just give me a call, man, and I'll be there. And I was mm-hmm. just like, dude, I tell him, I appreciate cool. that. I go, because you would be perfect for it. Yeah. You know, it's like. But between my calendar and his calendar, yeah. and then I got another band, Oil, mm-hmm. that um, we're going to start doing stuff after I get back from Scotland. You know, so it's like him and I, we have so much just, you know, busy. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Mike's in, what, 32 bands or something? Yeah, right he's, uh, I mean, I, I think between he and Ray, I mean, they're they're like the most busy guys in Seattle music because uh, it's least. like, it's it, it's just bonkers. And and always on the hustle, too. You yeah. know, not, not just playing shows, but like doing the promotion and the social media and, you know, stuff like this, you know, like hanging yeah. out with me. I've, you know, I've talked to him a couple few times now. And yeah, I mean, the, he, he's a busy dude, but yeah, really great guy. I've, yeah, I've, Ray, Ray's another guy who's super cool, too. Ray's I, a character. He is. He is funny. I did that interview with Ray, too, for his radio station. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, because Mike's like, I know you don't like to do interviews. I told him, it's not that I don't like to do them. Yeah. I told him, it's like, you know, Jim's the founding member, Dark Angel. Jim and Gene are like great songwriting pair. They're both, you know, me, you know, you hear me speak. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no brain filter. Yeah. Know, no brain to mouth filter. I'll <laughs> say whatever I want and I don't care who I offend. And it's, it's like well known around the world. I'll, yeah. I'll say whatever. I told him, you know, it's like, I always tell people, oh yeah, talk to, talk to them. I'll even tell our manager, hey, Jim and Gina right there, man. That's totally cool. I'm cool. Yeah. And somebody once even said something that they thought that was going to burn me. They're like, mm. oh, what's the matter, Ron? your band speak for you? And, and I'm, I like smiling. I'm like, these guys are my brothers. They know yeah. they know everything about me. I'm totally comfortable with whatever Jim and Gene say on my behalf. Yeah. I'm like, they'll never say nothing disrespectful about me. They'll never say anything disrespectful about what I believe, how I feel. I'm like, I love those guys dearly. Mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with any member of my band saying anything on my behalf. 
I'm like, and that's when I did the line, you know, it's like, God blessed me with a big mouth and a wireless mic. I will say anything to anybody. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how small they are. I don't care who it is. Yeah. It's like, I just, you know, it's like if an interview pres- interview presents itself and it's something mm-hmm. that I think is cool, I'll totally do it. I'm like, yeah. but, you know, at a live show when I'm amped up on adrenaline yeah. and they're like, hey, you want to sit down for 15 minutes in a room with a tape recorder? I'm like. Oh no! I want to pace and do push-ups. Yeah, and you know, like tell our manager, get them off the stage. It's my turn. 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 No. And then our manager is Rob Shellcross, and he's super cool. He's like keeps everybody away from me. He's like, oh yeah, I got to pace with Ron. Smack him around a little bit. Get to the bathroom. Tell him to pee thirty-six times. Yeah. You know, it's like keep him focused. It's like okay. Five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. I'm like, you said that an hour ago. Now, 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 now. You know, so he, yeah. that's what I got going on. Yeah. It's like, I, I can't sit still. It's like, hey, if you want to do it after the show, I'm glad to sit down sure. with you. Totally. But, you know, you want me before the show when I'm like. Yeah, totally. It's amped. like, man, it's like I'm like a freaking Roman candle in a bonfire. It's like I'm not going to sit there and say three <laughs> words to you, yeah. let alone hear anything you ask me. You can ask me right. something, and I'll be like, blue. It's yeah, like, dude, I asked you a question about your band. I'm like, red. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how far the hole goes in the matrix, dude. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> it's like, damn, give me some freaking tea. When do yeah. we go on? There you it's go. like, I'll be looking around. They'll talk and I'll be looking around. I look like the rudest jerk on planet Earth right. at that time because, sure. you know, it's like, it's like, that's the last thing I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. you know? So people, you know, just think, oh, you know, Ron's kind of a standoffish. It's like, no, Ron's not standoffish. It's like, mm-hmm. Gene is more controlled and calm in those situations. Okay. And I'm the more raw aggression mm-hmm. type of this is where my fun zone is. It's like this yeah. is therapeutic. This is an hour and a half of me time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get out there and just lose my mind. It's like I always tell people I have no plans when we go into a show. I know how we're starting. I know how we're ending. I know what the set list is in the middle. If I oh, follow okay. that, it might. I might introduce the wrong song. My band will not call me out on it. They'll start it. Bam. Wow. And I just go from A to Z. And <laughs> when we're over, it's like, damn, I'm just, then I'll calm down. But from yeah. that point, it's like, I'm like a prize fighter. It's like, put me in. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And it's ready to go. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I just get the reputation of, you know, this is what he don't do. Well, yeah, I do it. I just choose. I just hopefully won't do it on gig day because yeah, gig day's gig day. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it's it's like the main event. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I love it. I love that approach. So, uh, uh, something I meant to ask you earlier, but we we kind of drifted away from it. So, you uh, uh, live here in the greater Seattle area. Have a uh, Have you been here? Uh, like, are are you a transplant? Have you always been here? I was born in uh, Linwood, California. I oh, okay. lived in uh, L.A. County for till I was thirty nine. Uh huh. And so I've lived here for about fourteen years. Oh, okay, cool. And. Um, so we we were talking about you know how some folks are more recognizable than others. I mean, do do you get recognized on the street never. or never? <laughs> never. We'll go to a heavy metal show yeah. and nobody knows who I am. Really? Yeah. Which is kind of which is you know it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. I've never got into music. When I was a young kid, I got into music. Of course, you want people to know. Sure. You know, it's yeah. Like every sixteen year old kid who. 
gets an amplifier or gets a mic <laughs> one gets in it because they want to be uber famous but that was never my <clears throat> intent into music it's like i heard lenny kravitz once say oh i've made millions of dollars but i would trade it all for like one great review and i told my wife i was like like, man i got you know a thousand great reviews i'll give lenny half of them for a million dollars it's like yeah 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 you know it's like i've never even cared about that it's like fame has never been a motivator money's never been a motivator Mm -hmm. you know it's like like we talked earlier, I mm-hmm. just really love to jam. You know, yeah. it's like that's my number one motivation. You know, and at shows when people know who we are and they want to talk or they want to, you know, yeah. rap or take photos, I'm totally 100% down with that. Doesn't bug. You know, I love doing that because these are the people that make it possible for me to do this, and I totally love that. Yeah, but it's like if they're not, if they, if they're like. I walk by and they're just like, hey, Ron, you know, I don't be like, I don't turn around and be like, you want a photo? I'm not, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah, I get you. you. Know? But, uh, you know, my number one thing is just that opportunity to perform mm-hmm. and for the people that love that music is everything to me. It's just, like I said, it's it's a full-on blessing to actually, you know, you have something, mm-hmm. you kind of blow it because you're young and stupid. Yeah. And you get that opportunity again, to me, it's just a that yeah. that worked out for me yeah because we we don't all we don't always get those second chances yeah and that's and they're, that's they're very, a, very cool. definitely a gift mm-hmm. so uh so as we wrap up i have a i have a two-part question for you uh one is what is your biggest challenge as an artist now i think it's kind of my age because mm-hmm. um I've never treated my body good when I was younger. I broke a lot of bones. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of injuries. I've yeah. gotten I've gotten hurt over the years because uh, I, st- I still do the same things. I always tell people there's nothing I wouldn't jump off of, over, out of, into, <laughs> um, through. Yeah. Um, and I still I'm still that same way. Yeah. You know, I always tell my manager and my bandmates, man, I want you guys to all be in heaven with me because I'm probably the first guy in the band that's going to die because I I don't care what it is yeah i don't have that fear i don't know why. okay i just don't yeah. like if i swim with sharks i i love that wow you know it's like when my wife and i were mountain biking at a place called skookum flats up here mm-hmm. and there's a part to where these people had put um lines in the from tree to tree for you to hold on and carry your bike around sure and yeah it's okay like a, it's about maybe six to eight inches of track and then the rest is cliff and so my wife walked around it one time and she gets around and then i come pitching my bike around it yeah my foot's like on the mountain and my tire's like hanging off the trail and she goes you rode around that i'm like i go don't worry babe the bottom will always stop you if you fall <laughs> and she's like oh my god she goes you're gonna die one day i'm like oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's cool i'm mind looking off the cliff i'm like yeah you see when you hit the bottom that stops you i go so you're good I told her, make sure they check my autopsy. I go, because I'll have dirt in my eyes because I'm going to hold them open all the way down. Wow. And so, uh, you know, it's like I say stupid stuff like that. And I just think, you know, it's like you only get one lifetime. And mm-hmm. I've lived like probably four of them in yeah. like 53 years. Right. And so I think that's the only thing that holds me back now mm-hmm. is I have to work harder at it. Because right. when I was younger, I watched videos on YouTube before we – before we do shows because yeah. there's a ton of dark angel videos on youtube and uh i'll be like man when i was younger it seemed effortless 
Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like I could just yell and scream all day long, and it was yeah. like nothing to me. You know, you get up in your fifties. You know, you gotta have gotta have the weight training. Mm-hmm. Gotta do the cardio. Gotta drink the warm tea. Gotta yeah. gargle with the salt water afterwards. You gotta just take more better care of your body. Mm-hmm. So you gotta have that regiment. You gotta eat right. You know, you gotta you know you gotta put into your body more better care. When you're young, you know, you could drink all night, party all day, do whatever. It didn't really matter. Yeah. You just, you're full of piss and vinegar, you know. Yeah. That's what happens when you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, you get into your 50s, you know, um, the quote Ozzy Osbourne, man, it's like he's been working out for the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, and he's, he said people people don't really realize how much of a regiment he puts into it. Right. And so I think that's the only challenge now that I have is just, you know, being mindful and then when it comes to performing, is not losing control like the first four or five songs. Okay. You know, because it's so easy to do. You know, mm-hmm. the crowd is so, you know, we're speed metal band, we're thrash band. The yeah. crowd is so into it. So you get out there and the crowd's going psycho. And it's so hard to not get keyed up <laughs> and not want to partake in that. You know, so it's like I got to keep my my energy level high mm-hmm. but not lose control so it's like that's really hard for me to focus nowadays because before you have you know you figure 20 years ago 10 years ago yeah. you have more energy level so you it didn't matter even if you didn't do all the cardio you could just lose your mind the whole time yeah now it's like you gotta it's like okay man i got i got an hour to go mm-hmm. i actually i actually look at the set list now and be like okay I got five songs to go. When I have three songs left, oh, okay. it doesn't matter how crazy I get. Gotcha. I could yell, I could scream, I could because <laughs> I can do three songs standing on my head. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter. So after we do say if we're doing fourteen songs and there's three songs left, it doesn't matter what I do at that point. You just go for it at yeah, that point. Because I can just do whatever I want. I can do three I can finish three songs no matter what condition my throat's in. That's awesome. It's very cool. And the uh, uh, last question is, you know, it's kind of complimentary to the challenge question. Is like, um, what advice would you give to folks? Either folks that are either starting out or maybe have been in the game for a while. Um, you know, kind of the kind of kind of the wisdom for uh, you know, it, and it's and I ask that question usually of a um, I, I've asked musicians, but I've also asked like artists or even like other podcasters or of, of anything else like that I, I so i kind of frame it as like creative endeavors but um but with you i mean being a being a veteran performer and a, a actual factual rock star <laughs> i would uh i i would be eager to know what what kind of advice you would have for folks out there for people just starting out it's important um be mindful who you trust mm. because the industry they will chew you up and everybody's every when you're when you're climbing, everybody's your friend, and most of them aren't. So be mindful who you trust. Take care of yourself. Mm. Just because people are taking you to parties and giving yeah. you stuff, they're not your friends. Your friends always want to see you succeed. Your friends don't really care about keeping you up all night and keeping you out partying. That doesn't make somebody your friend. That doesn't your friend always wants you to be prepared your friend always wants you to be healthy yeah you know somebody's getting you wasted giving you drugs that doesn't make them your friend and i always tell people this trust respect honor and integrity 
you know, and loyalty above all else. Mm -hmm. And if those people don't exhibit any of those, cut them loose. Yeah. I don't care how much it hurts you. Cut them freaking loose. Better now than later. Yeah. Because, you know, somebody who doesn't have that in their life is going to do a lot of damage to you in a short amount of time. Because your career is your life. And you put your heart and soul in it. You know, being a musician, a lot of people don't realize the sacrifice. Yeah. You know, you sacri I sacrifice time away from my wife. Mm -hmm. And like I tell people, if I rehearse for one show or 50 shows, it's the same to me. I have to put the same amount of work into it. Yeah. It's stamina. You know, like a boxer. A yeah. boxer fights one time, but uh -huh. he trains three months for that one fight. Being a vocalist is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Being a drummer, guitar player, you got to have your riffs, your chops. They got to be down. They got to be 100%. So if you're going to sacrifice all that, don't throw it away on somebody who's just feeding you everything you want to hear. Yeah. Just because they tell you everything you want to hear doesn't make that true. You know, always be somebody who investigates everything somebody tells you. You know, it's like it's it's hard to find honest, good people nowadays mm -hmm. in anything you do. It doesn't matter if you're a pharmacist, a doctor, a yeah. musician, a football player, a baseball player. It doesn't matter what you do. You work in this industry. Mm -hmm. You know, half these people will just tell you whatever you want to hear oh, yeah. to get you to work for them or mm -hmm. do favors for them. Yeah. doesn't make them good people. Right. And if you're somebody who's already in this industry and you've done everything there is and it's not working, go back to the basics. It's songs. You know, because I have a lot of friends that say, how does Dark Angel have success? It's songs. Yeah. If people don't like what you're doing. Don't go make, go, don't go spend ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on the demo if your stuff's on the internet and nobody likes it. Because obviously it's not good. Yeah. It's right now, it's the easiest way to get notoriety. And if people don't like your stuff on the internet, they're not going to like it if it's on an album. They're not going to like it if it's on a CD. They're not going to like that. <laughs> if they don't like it now, yeah. the format's not going to change somebody's opinion of it. Mm -hmm. And people are still under that old school mentality of, I need the best demo. It's like, oh, it's been yeah. on YouTube for six months and mm -hmm. it has five likes. It's crap. I'm yeah. sorry. That's just how it is. Mm. You know, I seen a guy for the NAMM show make a what is a 45 second video okay. of him setting up his booth with one of our songs and it had 5,000 views and and it had like 400 shares wow and he goes dude they really like that song <laughs> like, yeah it's the so song yeah it's the song yeah so if somebody don't like a song if you change the format and say hey now the song's not on YouTube now it's on a cassette now it's on a CD that song didn't magically delicious like Lucky Charms get better. It's <laughs> right. still a crappy song. Yeah. It has, still has no appeal. Mm -hmm. It's just in a different format. They could just not like it on CD just <laughs> as easy as not like it on YouTube or right. on, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It, that changes nothing. Go back to basics. Mm -hmm. People nowadays are getting so caught up on what can I put on it? It's not a freaking cake. Don't yeah. touch the crap out of it. Don't put all this junk on it. Mm -hmm. Stick with what the basics are. Write a good song. Right? If you're a speed metal band, write a good speed metal band. A good speed metal song. If you're mm -hmm. a death metal band, write a good death metal song. If you're a rock and roll band, write a good rock and roll song. If you're a blues band, write a good blues song. It's not, it's there's no really secret to it. Right. If something's not working, 
It's not people. People say, oh, if people would just like my stuff. No, dude. If you would write something good. Yeah. And that's what I think that's what's going on now is there is a big hit or miss with so much crap out there that yeah. has one guy hear it and say, this is now good. Mm-hmm. And it's just simply not. Yeah. Well, and, and there's just so much. I mean, of yeah. any kind of entertainment, whether it's music or movies, TV, I mean, just, I mean, there's just so much. There's just so much. And it's harder and harder to stand out, I think. But I, I agree with uh, where you're coming from. And like, yeah, just, just write a good song. <laughs> Stop throwing money at it. Yeah. You know, it's Money's like, not going to fix it. Money's yeah. not going to make you talented. Right. You know, it's like uh, the old joke on uh, there used to be a. Uh, um, there used to be that mix magazine and they, they used to have a comic in there that said, uh, you know, had the mixer and it said talent. Yeah. You know, the talent fader. It'd be like, Oh, (laughs) one of the faders would be talent. There's no talent fader. You can't, you can't mix talent into something that's not there. (laughs) Then you can't buy that. You know, you could spend all your money you want, but if something from the get go is not working, you know, you need to retool it. You need to re revamp it. You need to do something. You know, Aerosmith had the same problem when um, Steve Perry left the band. Right. You know, Steve Perry left the band. Brad Winford left the band. They mm-hmm. decided to release an album ever. I mean, anyways, and that album tanked. And they're yeah. like, what happened? Why is this album crappy? Uh, your main songwriter's gone. It's like right. Steve, Tyler could write all the vocals he wants. But without the guy who writes the melodies, this isn't, you know, Brad Winford and Steve Perry, they were a great duo. Absolutely. And they're not there. So you can call it right, you know, Night in the Ruts, Right in the Nuts, all you want and have clever, catchy album name, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be good. Right. Same thing happened, you know, with other bands, mm-hmm. too, you know, Motley oh, yeah. Crue, same thing. Oh, yeah. They thought, oh, we'll replace Vince Neil with the guy who plays guitar. And people could love Vince Neil or hate Vince Neil isn't the point. It's right. the point is this is what worked. Everything else kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. And Robbie Karabi was a great singer, but he did not fit that puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you on that. So. You know, so it's like other people have tried to, you know, put puzzle pieces in where they just don't fit, mm-hmm. you know. Even though I f- I'm a firm believer that everybody's replaceable. I mean, we've seen it with Sabbath, man. Sabbath, oh, yeah. Sabbath replaced Ozzy, but they replaced yep. Ozzy with Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. So, I mean, they took a legendary heavyweight. I mean, when you do something like that, it's it's got to be something amazing to Absolutely. actually work out. And sometimes that a change like that can be iconic on its own. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it, I think it took a while for people to, you know, uh, appreciate Dio Sabbath for, for what it was. Yeah. But, but you look back on those albums. I mean, those are great albums. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. Back, back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Those were albums. Yes. You know, those yes. were in their entirety albums. You were yeah. like, Oh, this is a freaking, you know, heaven yeah. and hell still amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Every time I revisit that album, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I forgot how much I love this album. Exactly. And and you could just listen to it end to end. Yeah. And and, and it's and it's great. Yeah. It's just I was listening to it on the way home um a couple of weeks ago from work and I was like, oh my God. You know, I was sitting there, yeah, you know, stuck in traffic one six seven parking lot, you know, you're pissed at the world because you're on that damn freeway. Oh yeah. And you're you're just listening to it and you're just like Oh, it takes you back to that concert. It takes it back yep. to that tour. Yep. It's like, oh, my God, what an awesome point in time this was for music. 
and you're like, oh, I weep that, you know, it's like, you know, this is when music was pinnacle, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. yeah. Well, Ron, this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, it's uh, it, so much. Oh, oh, you're welcome, and thank you for welcoming me into your home and introducing me to your uh, uh, magnificent dogs. <laughs> <laughs> They're, uh, oh man, they they are cuties. Thank you so much. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, so, finally, before we sign off, um, where can people? Uh, find your music and how can we keep in touch with you either on social media or any other place Dark Angel Official on Facebook we also have a Dark Angel Twitter account and we have Dark Angel website and iTunes and uh, that's about it cool Dark Angel we are everywhere <laughs> so yeah so be on the lookout um, so you've got uh, uh, Scotland coming up and California Death Fest is in October. We have mm -hmm. some other dates in the works. I can't really, um, you know, say anything about those yet. Right. We haven't inked those. I don't want to get anybody excited, you know, right. because, you know, my motto is until we have signed contract, to mm -hmm. me it doesn't exist because, you know, you, you do this for so long. Yeah. You, you know that <laughs> I've, been told, I've been told, you know, hey, we're doing a show, and then they're like, hey, we're not doing a show. And yeah, it's like, oh, I get all fired up and get all my cardio down. I'm like, ah, show, 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 show. yeah. Then I'm all like, oh man, it's like you know, I guess cardio is good, but but who, still. who likes cardio? Well, I mean, it's like the the prize fighter analogy you mentioned earlier. It's yeah. like you train and train and train, and then there's no fight. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I I get that. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, I will uh, I will let you go so you can get back to your uh, to the rest of your night because uh, I see that the sun is starting to go down a little <laughs> bit. But uh, but yeah, I'd love to uh, keep in touch and maybe connect in the future. Definitely, man. Sounds yeah. great. Anytime. And anytime you want to come pet my doggies or maybe shoot some guns, <laughs> I'm your guy. Nice. Very cool. All right. And thanks once again to Ron Reinhardt, lead singer of Dark Angel, for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. And very special thanks to Mike Burt from Limberlost for getting us connected. And that will do it for this week's show. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including my college radio shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you do give a review, let me know and I'll give you a shout out and read it on the air. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And later this week, be on the lookout for a special podcast where I'll be talking to the organizers of the Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking, and we'll be talking about the Break the Chains 5K happening May 19th and how you can get involved no matter where you live. Um, it's, a, it's not going to be a numbered episode of the Mike Seibert Radio podcast, and it'll be uh, more educational in nature, uh, but I want to help by lending my voice and this platform uh, to this important cause, so uh, check it out. Um, and next week on the main show, it's Mega Thruster, and I've got an exciting announcement about my upcoming crossover with the Autopod Decepticast, and we're talking Transformers the Movie. All of that and more next time on Mike Seibert Radio. Until then, my name is Mike, and until next time, make good choices.